Hey y'all, this is Lauren Akins, and welcome back to the Live and Love podcast. So this season, I'm getting to sit down each week with friends and family and talk about the different areas of our lives where we get to live in love. And we've got some new things too that we're going to get to share with y'all that you may not have known, even if you've already read my book, Live in Love. And I'm Annie Updowns. I'm really excited to be here again with Lauren and with all of y'all to be a part of this new season. It's such a great show. Listen, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that today. All of season one is up there. And the first two episodes of season two about living in love in college with Lauren's college friends and living in love and commitment with her husband, Thomas Rhett, are available for you. And if you get a chance, to rate and review and share this show. That means so much and helps it get in front of a lot of ears of people who we think will love this show. And if you haven't gotten your copy yet of Lauren's New York Times bestseller, Live in Love, it's time for you to do that. Go pick it up wherever you love to buy books, your favorite local bookstore or online. Okay, Lauren, so today we are talking about living in love in extended family. So who's joining us? I think this one's going to be so cool. I think people are really going to love this dynamic. Today I'm having my mother-in-law, Paige Linkford, come and sit down and hang with us and talk about what it's like to live in love and extended family. Okay, y'all. So before we really get into it, I want to talk to you about one of our favorite partners, Crew. As you've probably figured out, reading the Bible is so important to me and my family. And so much of what living in love looks like for me and my family is because of what we've read and learned from the Bible. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible. You couldn't easily pick one up from your local bookstore or even hop on Amazon to order one. Or imagine you couldn't even afford one. Well, take it a step further. Imagine you aren't even allowed to have one. It's easy to forget that there are so many people all over the world who simply can't just get a Bible. And that's why we are so thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. So for only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry, and you'll receive a copy of my book, Live in Love. Simply text LIVE to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could really change someone's life. So text LIVE to 71326. That's L-I-V-E to 71326 to help now, or you can visit give.crew.org slash live. Okay, Lauren, so we even like sat down and you said you were scared of Paige's voice. <laughs> I was. She's so. like the sweetest woman in the world. She is. And she's little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not like right. you don't look at her and go, whoa, she's intimidating. Whoa, she's intimidating, right. But her voice is always so like teachery. I mean, yeah. you know, like teachers just have like a very... You know, you have to control a classroom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she had that voice growing up. And every time I'd come in her house, I remember a couple of times, like, she would be yelling something to Casey up the stairs, be like, Casey, can you da-da-da? And it was like something like, did you find the shirt you were looking for? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something totally non-threatening. And always I would be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and I would look at Thomas Rhett and be like, is she angry when she's asking you some of this stuff? Or like, is she just like, just really like loud all the time? And he was like, no, it's just, she's got a very controlling, like she can control that kindergarten classroom. Yeah. 
with that voice. I don't yeah. ever think of it anymore now. Yeah. Like I don't notice that. I don't know why it was yeah. maybe because my mom is so does quiet. not have so a controlling. Sweet. She cannot control a kindergarten no, room. She subbed for me one time. And uh-uh. oh, yeah, she was like, please don't ever ask me to do that again. Oh and I gosh. told her, I said, Lisa, do not let them continue asking you questions like you got to shut it down. Right. I keep it going. She called me afterwards and she was like, don't ever ask me to do that again. I, I just can't do that. <laughs> Paige, do you remember meeting Lauren? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the first time we met. I mean, we went to church together. So I remember meeting Lisa for the first time for sure, because we were in the stairwell at Madison Church of Christ. Oh, my gosh. And I just remember thinking, goodness, she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. You know, kind of like Steve. And, um, (laughs) And then I just, we knew who each other were, but I don't remember the exact day that we met or yeah. anything like that. I feel like we've just always kind of been around each yeah, other. Yeah, because the kids were little then, probably, I don't know, third grade or something. Oh, wow. And then Tom Shutt and Lauren didn't start dating until ninth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about when you first went into their lives? Other than it, how loud it, I was? Yeah, other than your, the volume. <laughs> it was intimidating. It was, Paige did intimidate me. She doesn't in the most respectful way ever she's not intimidating to me at all yeah but for whatever reason when i was younger it was your teacher voice it had to have been well and that's funny you say that because a lot of thomas rett's friends have said that to me as Mm grown-ups they're like oh when i came to your house i knew i was going to do what i was supposed to do (laughs) and i was like i mean i don't great (laughs) yeah i don't mince words yeah like i'm very blunt and to the point and you know and i guess that's probably what it is but i'm really not intimidating yeah that has not been my experience either. <laughs> no, not, not in the least. I mean, she's like probably the most approachable human mm-hmm. that I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can literally come to her with anything and I'm not fearful of like the yeah. response that I get. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. You did scare me when I was young. <laughs> so when you were thinking about this episode particularly, why why did you want Paige to be on it with us? I thought that this would be such a cool dynamic to have me and Paige's relationship talked about because you see there's so many relationships that have been recorded over both of these seasons. One that's not really talked about. We talk about our family a lot, but like one that's not been focused in on is like the in-law relationship. Yeah. yeah. And for a lot of people, that's a really hard relationship to navigate both ways. Yeah. You could even get a whole separate episode about Thomas Rhett talking about his in-laws, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's so many people have those relationships and some of them go really well and some of them are really hard. Some of them don't go well. And I get a lot of questions about it. Like, how do y'all make this work? Like, why does it work well for y'all? Why do y'all enjoy each other so much? How did you get there? I want to be there. I thought it was a really cool dynamic and something that's super easy to talk about and enjoyable for me. Thank goodness. But I thought it'd be fun. Paige, tell a little bit of your story what you want to mm-hmm. of family. Okay. And because I would love for people to know, I mean, people who see it, see that mm-hmm. there's a lot of grownups around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my story goes back a long time ago and where I kind of learned to be a mother-in-law was from my mother-in-law, Rhett's oh, mom. Yeah. Me and Rhett got married when we were 19. We were babies. I got pregnant before I got married. 
So we were high school sweethearts, and then, you know, we're in college for a year, and then we come home for the summer, I get pregnant, we get married. That's the backstory. Well, when you're 19, I mean, right. number one, I had never even thought about wanting kids. I was wanting to get like a business degree, travel the world. I was not that girl who just thought about how many kids I wanted to have. Never. Wow. And then, you know, here I am coming from this Church of Christ family. My parents were, you know, it was a very scary time because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be a mom, what to do, all of this. So Rhett's mom, Pam, Mammy, we call her, she was on board from the get-go. And I think, and my, my parents were too, obviously, but, um, you know, we were all very scared. And I have Thomas Rhett, and then about, Thomas Rhett was about 18 months old, and we moved to Texas. And I did not want to go. And I remember my dad going, he's your husband. You have to go. Because I was like, you go, you go. I'll just stay here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like 20. You're like, I mean, I think this will work. You go yes. ahead. Yes. Me and the baby will stay here. Yeah. By this time, I am 20. And I did not want to move away from my support system. Right. Rhett's mom, my parents, and my sister, you know, all of these people live there. And was so, Rhett already doing music? Is that why Well, he to that's go? what he did. He was like, I'm going to go audition for this thing where I'm going to sing at Fiesta, Texas. It's kind of like Opryland was, okay. and, yeah. but it was in Texas. And I was like, okay, well, then he comes home. And of course, he made it, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, cool, well, have fun, you know, kind of like, <laughs> I'll be here when you need me. <laughs> I'll be here when you come back because it was like an eight month mm -hmm. thing. And it really nauseated me to think about not having my parents around. So... Obviously, I made the decision. We went. But that's when I really and I, me and Thomas Rhett bonded before then. I don't mean that, but I had so much input and so much help. Yeah. Kind of like what what we experienced with our big family is how we did it in Valdosta with Rhett's mom always around my parents, my sister. We had tons of family always around us. And then we moved to Texas and we didn't. And it was just me and Thomas Rhett mm -hmm. against the world, basically, yeah. you know. And that's when I kind of found myself as a mother. And, you know, that's how things kind of went. But I did learn how to be a mother-in-law from my mother-in-law. And she was very involved. Mm -hmm. Don't don't hear me say she wasn't. And I do try with Lauren to be involved, but I don't want to overstep, mm -hmm. you know. How do y'all talk about that? I mean... Paige said, you know, she doesn't mince words, so whatever, whatever she thinks comes right out of her mouth, which is very true. And I think that's been really good for me because, like, a lot of times, like, especially when we started having kids, a lot of our conversations were, is it okay if I come over for just a little bit? Um, what are y'all doing tonight? Is how, how many days are y'all home from the road? I don't want to come over if you've just got a couple of days. And or she'd be like, hey, are the kids awake? Dot, dot, dot. Because I'm in the like, driveway. Right. Because <laughs> she would just be like, I just don't want to overstep. And so like, I saw time after time where her heart was like really trying to like give us the space that we felt like we needed and desired with such a busy life. But then in me seeing that, it was like, I trust that she's never doing anything to put us out or to make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like. Everything she does is with a heart of, am I loving them well by doing this? Mm. There are times where like anybody in our family rolls in and we've had a rough day or me and Thomas Redd are in the middle of an argument or Ada James didn't nap and now she's like determined that she's going to get her way on this thing and it is a frustrating <laughs> time in the house. Like there are always those times where people roll in and you're like, it's not the best time, but come on in because this is just the life that we're living. In that, you know, I never 
I never look at it and just go like, oh, I mean, I can't believe that they would just walk in. This is like the most inopportune time because I know that their heart behind it is because they love us so much and they love my kids. And and to be quite honest, I need the help a lot of the time. You know, I think we're our life is so upside down most of the time that sometimes she rolls in and I'm like, here, take all three of them soon to be four. But you learn that when someone is is looking to to love you well and that is their intent i think you look past the things that's like well it's not ideal timing or i'm really tired or oh i was supposed to run out and do this but i'm just going to change the plans now and you just kind of roll with it and i do feel like a lot of our life is just like we just roll with it i think it's probably a lot harder for somebody who has a very strict schedule and is not going to sway from that and I get that some kids have to have that. That's a different story. I just felt like I've never had to put up super heavy boundaries because our family and Paige especially is such a safe place for us. Mm. Not everyone has that story, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that is heartbreaking when you feel like you don't have that support system because I know there are people who don't feel like they're able to have yeah. that. But I do think that's where the Lord can also come in and give you community that can be family. Mm-hmm. Just because you might not have it in your quote unquote family doesn't mean that God can't give you that family somewhere. I at least want to mention that. But with ours, it has been the hugest blessing. And then like in that us being so close, the things that are like able to be celebrated are much more celebrated because Mm -hmm. we're that much closer. And then the things that are really hard to walk through, you feel like you feel that support so much stronger because you're so close, you know, it really pays off both ways, even on the hard days, you know, or even when it's like, yeah, come on in. (laughs) I'm not having a good day or Thomas Rhett's in a mood from the road or Willa Gray just got in really big trouble. She's upstairs. We're giving her a second. All of it. It's life. Mm -hmm. You know, there are good days. There are bad days. There are hard days. There are fun days. And it's just... It is what it is, but we enjoy it. And you got to think, too, like I've known Lauren since she was in grade school. Yeah. And we were all friends before we were family. Yeah. You know, we used to go to the beach together when they were in, I don't know, seventh, eighth, ninth. Well, I guess starting when you were in ninth. And then my daughter and Lauren's sister, Macy, were best friends, too. So we would all be in many situations together, even when Thomas Rhett and Lauren weren't dating. Mm-hmm. And when they did date in high school, I mean, honestly, it was kind of a nightmare just because. <laughs> to be quite Rhett, honest. To be quite honest. Because Thomas Rhett was so madly in love with her and she wasn't with him. And I never got mad at Lauren. We would just tell Thomas Rhett, like, dude, quit being such a pushover, mm-hmm. you know. Stuff like that. So I think our relationship developed, you know, over many, many years. And then, you know, they both dated amazing people through college and and high school and then found their way back together. And from the moment that they did, I mean, you write about this in your book, but it was like, well, they're getting married. You know, Mm. we just knew it. And having already had the relationship with you, it never you know, there was all there was the moment of <laughs> my baby is getting married and I am no longer going to be the woman in his life because mm-hmm. we were far. Well, we are close, but we were very close. Mm-hmm. And then as a mother of a son, and I got to do it one more time to give that because you know what God wants. He mm-hmm. wants 
the husband and the wife to be together, make their decisions together. And the mom is not really involved in all that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's a transition Mm -hmm. from the time they get married to learn your place. And there were tears shed. I mean, I don't want people listening to this to think our family is perfect because of the way it may look on Instagram or, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook or whatever. I mean, we are family and we all, you know, get along and we do love each other, but it's not perfect. No family is. It wouldn't be family if it was, Mm -hmm. you know. Over the years, it took me about a year to kind of give him to Lauren in my brain and in my heart. A year after they were married? Yeah. Yeah, I struggled through that first year. Just, you know, it's almost like you have to figure out a different relationship with your child who you have always been the one that they came to for everything. Mm -hmm. And then you know how it's supposed to be. This is how God wants it to be. But in your heart to do that, and I've been trying to prepare Lisa for this with Grayson, Mm -hmm. it's different with a boy than it is with a girl. Because, you know, Casey, my daughter, is we are the mom and daughter. And I think me and Lauren have as good of a relationship as you can have, but she's not my daughter. You know, I can say whatever I want to say to Lauren, but I do try to protect my words a little bit (laughs) as much as I'm (laughs) capable of doing. You know, like whereas with Casey, I would not. I would just say whatever I wanted to say. And I've had to change how I talk to Thomas Rhett. And we had a period of time where I would just, you know, cry a lot because he was gone all the time. When he was home, he had a wife and kids, and I didn't feel important anymore. Mm. And I remember going to y'all's house. Well, I think I texted him, said, I need to talk to you. And he said, okay, come on. And he was in the closet. That's the only time I could find him was when he was in, he was in the closet packing. Mm. And I went in there, and I was just like, listen, I feel like you don't have time for me. Mm. And it took a lot for me to say that. Yeah. But from that moment... Things kind of changed for mine and his relationship. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I've ever had any like super big issues with Lauren. I felt that transition too, just like initially in our marriage. Like (laughs) Thomas Rhett definitely felt it because I think this is in my book, but (laughs) we are flying to Hawaii (laughs) on our honeymoon. The day after we got married, we hadn't even been married 24 hours. And Thomas Rhett was like, so cool that we're going to Hawaii. It's it is so fun, but it's kind of sad too, though, right? And I looked at him and I was like, "What do you mean? Yeah, why are you sad?" And he was like, "Aren't you gonna like miss your mom?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> no, I don't miss my mom. I'm looking forward to this my time about to enjoy on the beach with my husband <laughs> on your honeymoon." <laughs> I was like, oh, no, like, Uh what have I done? He was not ready to marry me. But like what he was trying to say is like there's a part of him. I think that was grieving for the same reason she's talking about is like all of a sudden the relationship dynamics shift Mm -hmm. or they begin to shift. And that shifting takes time. Mm -hmm. It is not overnight. And you kind of have to just walk that road and be like, okay, this feels right. This feels really hard, but I feel like this is the direction we need to go. Or like, this is a little bit too hard. We need to put up a boundary here. Whatever it may be. But just kind of being sensitive to that and trying to process that. Having been the first ones of most of our friends and definitely in our family of siblings to get married. We were kind of like, I don't really know how this goes. Yeah. Because we know we wanted to stay close to our family. And I was the same way with my parents. I remember we used to, we'd go over to their house and... Mom would cook us dinner a lot like Paige and Tim would do. And 
I remember one day being like, we should like stay home more. Like I feel like we're so attached to our family that maybe we need to like actively pull back Wow, how involved our family is because it was starting to affect the dynamic of our marriage alone. Because one thing we learned in counseling is like, as far as like boundaries and stuff, you've got your personal boundary. That's just you. And then when you're married, you outside of your personal boundary, you've got your marriage boundary and no one else is allowed in there. Yeah. And we didn't have that for a little bit. It's a yeah. wall. You have to build yeah, it. That's it doesn't right. just happen. Right. But right. the building process sometimes can be kind of painful. Right. And like, I do feel like you have to grieve that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little bit. And that was like kind of the beginning of him realizing, wow, this is so cool that we're married and I'm so glad we got to do this. But also <laughs> this is going to be kind of hard mm. in other aspects. That's something that we also walked through together on the new couple side of things. Yeah. And, and it, I think it happens, you know, as the couple and as the mother and father-in-laws on both sides yeah mm-hmm. i mean one of the things lauren mentions is tim mm-hmm. who is not rep no will you kind of explain who tim is and because yeah. I, I think that dynamic of y'all's family is really oh yeah interesting yes, yeah yes well me and rhett were married for about 10 years and then we divorced and is casey casey is Rhett's. Okay. yes mm-hmm. i obviously after going through a divorce that's never fun was not even interested in dating anyone ever to be quite honest. And were y'all back here? Or were you still in Texas? We were back here. Okay. We only stayed in Texas for like eight months. And then we went home for a minute, like maybe two weeks. And then by then, we were moving to Nashville because he was going to sing at the Opryland. Oh, yeah. Was Opry- he did sing at Opryland like, oh, for a so season. Cool. By the time we moved to Nashville, I was so fine. Like I was good. Right. Everything was fine. Going back to what Lauren was saying, though, about protecting y'all's time. I lived it with someone who was in that business. And that's why I'm so protective of their time together as a family. And I do still text. I always text and say, hey, because you never know. You might walk over there and they're filming the Kevin Hart show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, you just want to check and make sure, like, what's going on over there? Right. Anybody awake? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But anyway, Rhett kept the kids on Tuesday nights after we got divorced. Well, actually, as we're going through the divorce. And I started hanging out with my sister. And she had a group of friends. They all went to Lipscomb. We all hung out in one big group. And that was safe to me. It was fun. And so Tim was in And you're like still in your 20s because you got married so young. I'm only like 29. Yeah. Yeah. But still was kind of just thinking, I'm just going to raise my children and just kind of be done with this whole thing. Yeah. I guess looking back, that's not very realistic. But, um, you know, Tim was cute. And I was like, oh, he's cute. So he asked me out. And I thought, okay, yeah, we'll go to dinner. But, you know, nothing serious. And it just kind of evolved after me and Rhett got divorced into like to the point where my mom goes, are y'all dating? And I was like, I don't know. Mm. I don't I don't know. So I was with him the next time. I was like, are we dating? And he was like, I think we are. (laughs) And with me, that's kind of how it had to happen, because I was definitely not actively pursuing anything he knew not to push me in any way. And he never did. And he was always just a friend. You know, because I wasn't fixing to bring men. Had in he already of, been married? Did he already he have He had never kids? been married. Okay. He was probably 30, I guess, when we started. Well, when we got married, he was 30. Wow. And I was 33. I'm a cougar. Yeah. a girl. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but anyway, everything was great and fine until we got married. 
with Casey. And then I remember looking in the rearview mirror. We were headed down to go to the airport to go on our honeymoon. And Casey's just bawling. Thomas Rhett and Tim, I don't think, have ever had a problem. Mm -mm. Still don't. No, still don't. And now Casey and him are great. But really, Lauren and Lisa and Macy kind of helped Casey through all that. But what she wanted was her parents to be together. I mean, she would obsessively watch our wedding videos and, you know, Mm. just... She didn't like him at first. Well, she did until we got married, and then she didn't. Right. And it was a rough, it was some Few rough years, years through, year, through there. And Macy and Lauren and Lisa would all be like, how do you not like Tim? Like, right. he's so And Casey and easy. Thomas Rhett are in middle school? Thomas Rhett was in eighth grade, so Casey was in fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also were not walking through it. Casey was walking through. Right. You know, I think she was, she was walking through an extremely big transition in her life Mm -hmm. and also grieving that past relationship that wasn't going to be there anymore the way that she remembered it yeah and as hard as you work going through a divorce to try to keep your kids out of it and separate from it and we really did we really tried to keep that all you know as easy as it could be on them it's not it's never easy it is like a death but I think we've all come full circle, and me and Tim have been married for 18 years, 19 years. Whoops. Everybody's relationship has just evolved, and it's all really good now. Yeah, because y'all all do stuff together. You all. and Tim and Rhett and his wife, mm-hmm. and they have kids, and y'all have kids, and everybody goes to the farm. Yep. Everybody yep. goes to the farm. Everybody goes skiing. Skiing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's no world where that happened like in year three, right? Right. I mean, that took time, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Now, we did always do birthdays and, um, I mean, before Tom Shrett and Lauren got married, Easter, and because I was always very close with Rhett's mom and still am. Yeah. I mean, so she would come into town and stay with me even after me and Tim were married. Oh, wow. Yeah. The relationship between me and Rhett, you know, obviously it's had some ups and downs that sure. wouldn't be normal, but we both worked pretty hard to keep it amicable. Mm-hmm. And then now I feel like, you know, in the last few years, like things have just, especially since he's married Sonia and she's as sweet as she can be and they have a baby now. And I mean, I just, I don't want anybody listening to think that everything has been perfect because obviously it has not, yeah. but now it's all good. It feels hard. Like I'm hearing you and I believe <laughs> you, but I think that sounds, was it hard for you, Lauren, jumping in? And I mean, cause I guess you came along right after Tim and Paige got married. I remember when y'all got married. Yeah. I think I already had Tyler by the time you and Thomas Rhett were dating because we would sit at church and he would go under the pews (laughs) and pop his head up from somewhere and be like, I got him, you know. Yeah. I feel like I was pregnant when Casey and Macy started hanging out a ton. Yeah. Oh, but our cruise that we went on, Mm -hmm. he was eight months old and we didn't take him. And that's really when we all started hanging out so much. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got a lot closer with their family after Tim was in the picture. Mm-hmm. Tim hasn't been on this podcast, but he probably should at some point. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. He, I think he's so funny. Not one person can say that they don't like Tim Lankford. I, I 100%. I believe it. He is a gift to everyone who knows him. Mm-hmm. But you see that from the moment you meet him. And so as hard as that was for him to come in into Casey's life and not take the place of Rhett, but just be in addition to like, hey, I'm I'm here to love you and help take care of you and be your friend. That was hard for her to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I think watching that was hard for me 
for her because I could see how much her heart hurt and it wasn't her fault that her heart hurt. Right. And no one wanted her heart to hurt, but it just did. Right. And so much of life is that, that like nobody did this intentionally. Nobody wants this to be the reality, but here we are. And Mm. this is what you're feeling. And we need to validate that and like come in and be like, how can we love you best through this? And Tim did I just think the most amazing, like the patience he had with Casey. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but like the amount of times that she would say something or do something to Tim. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, she was mean, (laughs) evil. And he is not like he's not the kind to just take it. You know what I mean? Like, but he never we just had a thing where I was going to be doing the main disciplining for my kids. You yeah, know, when we yeah. first, first of all, he didn't know how he'd never had right, kids. Right. And he was always there and he was always behind me when I was disciplining. But he wasn't the one saying the words mm-hmm, to her, mm-hmm. you know, or to Thomas Rhett. I mean, we had lots of prayer, lots of tears, lots of me and Tim over Casey, you know, and then it finally, you know, I think she was 17 And I went out of town, stressed to go out of town, but I went on a girl's beach trip and the stars aligned and God sent them to dinner and they just kind of hashed it out. Wow. And then from that moment, things were just really good. But it was a good five years of not maybe longer than that. But yeah, lots of tears and prayer went into that. I think you don't need to hear that because five years, you can go, oh, it was five years. But like when you are on year three, (laughs) it does not feel like one day you're going to say the sentence. Mm -hmm. Well, for five years, it was pretty hard. You're Mm -hmm. like, are we ever getting out of this? Yes. Yeah. And I remember thinking if that was me, I would have left. I could not deal with this. There were moments that it was that bad. And his job was not going well. I mean, there was it was a dark period through there. When you go through a period like that. All it does is make you stronger, you know? Mm. And so when you come out of it, it's like, whoo, that's when you learn is when you go through that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So true. Hey, y'all, just going to take a quick break from my conversation to tell you about America's number one meal kit and today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Fall can be such a busy season for so many of us, but... HelloFresh recipes save you time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and chopping so you can get back to what matters most. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. They offer the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. Easily change your delivery day, your food preferences, and your plan size, or you can skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week. From vegetarian meals to calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options, there really is something for everybody to enjoy. With recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. In our family, my girls love to help me cook, and I love letting them help me cook because I know that everything is already pre-measured. I never have to worry about them adding too much or too little, and that our supper will always still taste amazing. And right now, we're getting to try out all the new delicious fall recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, yum, and Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. 
And we love a company that gives back, and HelloFresh has already donated over 4 million meals to charity in 2020. And now they're stepping up food donations to local communities amid the food insecurity crisis and pandemic. And now you too can enjoy more time with the family and less time planning. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash LiveInLove14, as in the number 14, and use the promo code LiveInLove14 for 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's 14 free meals and free shipping just by visiting HelloFresh.com slash LiveInLove14. Again, that's the number 14. And using the promo code LiveInLove14. Now back to the show. Paige, tell me some things that Lauren has done to help the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. I would say, goodness, probably the biggest thing is when she asked me to come in the room when Ada James was born. Mm. Because, you know, as a mother-in-law, that's not typical, (laughs) I would say. I mean, I've seen her in all her glory. And it was glorious. It was glorious. (laughs) But that, and she asked Casey to come in too. I mean, that, when you include someone in that part of your life, like, Mm -hmm. to me, that's the ultimate. And even before then, I mean, Lauren, I mean, she's obviously the sweetest, but she has never made me feel like an outsider, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of times that's the problem with the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law is because it's like both of them are going, this is my boy. Right. On both sides. And that creates all that tension. Mm -hmm. But she never did that. And, you know, as I worked through my stuff of giving Thomas Rhett to Lauren, it just all got really good. I remember our first year being married, though, and the Christmas thing. Our first year being married? You mean the two of them? (laughs) Or do you mean you and Tim? No, I mean them. Do you mean you and Lauren? Our first year. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Paige's first year together. First year together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first year of them being married, Got it. but us being a part of that, yes. too. You know, Christmas is always the thing. Okay. It's like, where are they going to go? What's and if happen? you know the Gregory's, <laughs> Christmas right. is like unlike any other holiday or event you've ever experienced. Yes. 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 But I remember feeling tension around that. And then I can't even remember now what actually happened, but that was the year that y'all, they spent the night at our house. On Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I'd never spent the night away from my parents' house. Also, I've never lived in another house in my entire life. Like, I came home from the hospital to the house that my parents are still in now today, by the way. Wow. But all of my 22 Christmases had been spent in that home yes yes. so to me i was kind of like well maybe we should just do it at my house because like you've spent it a bunch of different places like maybe let's just be easy on me and we'll just do it at my parents house which is obviously underlyingly extremely selfish (laughs) you know like that i wanted to have the christmas that i was used to and then it was like putting myself in his shoes well he probably feels the same way about maybe he's not in the same house every year but He's with his family every year, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And the hard part is the things that might be more enjoyable for you, laying those things down for the people that you love. Mm. And for me, I know that sounds ridiculous, but Christmas really is like probably one of the biggest moments in my life every year. (laughs) Mm. And Halloween. And Halloween. Just celebrating in general, but Mm -hmm. Christmas is like the pinnacle, Uh you know? And especially with our family and how close we are. And so that was 
hands down the hardest sacrificial thing that I did. Yeah. Like that was could easily I could have swung it and been like, I just think it'd be easier if we just do it here this year and then next year we'll switch it up totally. I will never forget writing a letter to Santa with Tyler, building a gingerbread house with Tyler the night before. Oh. Like we had sweet, sweet moments. Yeah. But it was very different for me. And also that's where I kind of started grieving those Christmas memories of like, okay, wow. it's not it's not going to be the same anymore. And that's okay. I do think it is also, you know, you a lot of times look to the older person in the relationship to lead. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I also think there's responsibility on the younger generation mm. as well mm -hmm. to like, yeah, you might be the younger one, but sometimes you have to do the things that you might not want to do or might right. not be super easy for you to do. And once I did that and did it successfully and we had a really sweet Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, it was like everything else just kind of fell into place for me at that point. Wow. Like I now have this new family that is also my family that our, you know, at that time, our future kids will be in this family yeah. as best you can, as quickly as you can, just welcoming that and whatever that looks like, even though it might be not exactly the way you pictured it mm -hmm. initially, or yeah. maybe you would rather be in your bed that you've woken yeah. up to yeah. every Christmas morning, but maybe that's not what he wants. <laughs> maybe his parents would really love to have him there for his first Christmas. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like Everybody has those wants <laughs> right. and desires. So I think you really have to pick and choose for sure. Sometimes choose yourself, your family, but also You've got to also give up those desires mm. and be like, you know what? I want to do this. Let's do this with your family this year. Yeah. Let's do this. And that's kind of how that started. And But honestly, like walking into a safe family that was equally as excited about Christmas and all of that was so much easier than going mm. to a family that maybe would not have been as welcoming or maybe there was different, more complicated mm -hmm. dynamics. Mm -hmm. They definitely made it easy on me, but just little things like that can really transform, I think, an in-law or extended family relationship. Mm -hmm. But it really does go both ways and you can't wait for the other one to make that stand. Although, you know, I feel like Paige has always been such a good leader and such a good mentor to me. But there are definitely moments where I feel like the Lord has put an opportunity in front of me and been like, hey, this is an opportunity for you to like stand up and do something that I'm calling you to do. And I think you have to listen to those. I grew up with both my grandparents at every holiday, both sets. And I didn't realize until I was like in college, like, oh, that's both sets of in-laws. Somehow our family had figured out that everybody could just coexist. Yeah. I didn't realize how rare the experiences are that we've had. Yeah. That y'all have had and that I've had. Yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. And now Christmas is easy because we just all get together and spend the night, whether it be at Lauren's house or at the farm. And mm -hmm. it makes it way easier not having to divide it up. Yeah. Does it feel real different? With grandkids and without grandkids, like, did that change y'all's dynamic? We were kind of already doing life, doing together. life yeah. together, but, you know, it just made it more fun. Yeah, sure. And just richer. I mean, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> right. Never a dull <laughs> Never a quiet moment. moment. But listen, yeah. they're building you a kindergarten class. <laughs> they're just right. getting all of them in line. You can just come over and use your volume and help Lauren keep them right. I have to practice my volume again. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> 
Hey, y'all. So we will get right back to our conversation, I promise. But I just couldn't wait to talk to you all about our amazing sponsor, Modern Fertility. So did you know that OBGYNs actually recommend starting prenatal vitamins at least one month before conception? The thing is, you can't always predict exactly when getting pregnant might happen. So that's why Modern Fertility designed their prenatal multivitamin to help you build up your body's levels of key nutrients earlier and help you continue to meet increased nutrient demands all the way through lactation. Modern Fertility's prenatal multivitamin is packed with 12 essential nutrients recommended by OBGYNs to support your body before, during, and after pregnancy. So it covers whatever season of life you're in. And it's vegetarian, gluten-free, and there are zero preservatives or filler ingredients that you don't need. Modern Fertility balanced iron and other nutrient levels to help keep your tummy happy, and they infused every capsule with a hint of citrus to make each serving go down extra easy. The prenatal multi also comes with a free, beautifully blue reusable glass jar to keep your monthly refills in. And each month's shipment of new capsules comes in just the pouch so you cut down on packaging waste. Your prenatal multivitamin subscription gets you 60 capsules per month for $30. But right now, our listeners can get 30% off their starter kit, including one month of capsules and a free glass storage jar at modernfertility.com slash liveinlove30. That's modernfertility.com slash liveinlove30. That's liveinlove30 for 30% off your Modern Fertility prenatal multivitamin starter kit. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash liveinlove30. What is Paige done to be a good mother-in-law for you? She really, from day one, I feel like also with that same, like, just welcoming mentality. Like, first of all, (laughs) I feel like Thomas Rhett's going to shake his head when he hears me say this. (laughs) But he's always like, of course, mom's going to take your side. (laughs) But... (laughs) But I do feel like her and I have very similar mindsets when it comes to a lot of things. So that does help make it easier. But she's always supported me. Hmm. And she doesn't like come into the middle of our arguments. I don't mean that. But I think within our marriage, she supports me in just being a woman also married. You know, I think she leads me well in that. But she also now leads me well as a mom, like I can't remember, but I called you one time about something before I called my mom about a parenting question. I can't remember what it was. I wish I did. But it was because she had been vulnerable in telling me honest parts of her story as a mom. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, whatever I was going through, it made me go, I think Paige has been through this. Wow. And as a mother-in-law, she is that safe place for me to go like, okay, yeah, this woman isn't my mom, but like she is a mother Mm -hmm. and she's a mother who loves me Mm -hmm. and wants what's best for me. And so she's just always made it so easy Mm -hmm. to come to her for things, especially like when I do need help with kids or advice or even in marriage, you know, I've come to her with marriage stuff that's, you know, it's, there really is no boundary as to what I feel like I can bring to her and she'll try to love me the best through that, that she can. I'm not a mother-in-law, obviously, but when I am, I hope that I'm able to look at my kids' spouses the way that Paige has done that for me and like look at that person as 
this is my child's favorite human Mm. and this is who they love and whether or not they're easy to love, like choosing to love them no matter what. And also that they're, they're figuring this life out too. And they might be 25 steps behind me, but I was there one day. And I think a lot of times she does put herself back in the position that she sees me in now when she was walking through that. And there's so much grace. There's so much grace and there's a lot of patience and there's honesty too. You know, there are things that she'll say like, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but if it were me, I feel like I feel like this is what I did or this is what I did wrong or this is what I feel like worked really well. Mm-hmm. But then also as the younger the you know, the daughter-in-law like being respectful of even the things that might be like kind of hard to hear, respecting that like you would your parents. Yeah. And I think just as much as you can making it like I think she does look at me and she's like, if this were Casey, how would I counsel Casey through this? How would I love Casey through this? And I think she does a really good job at that. But then over time, it just starts to feel natural. Like, you know, maybe initially we had to go, how do we navigate this? And now it just like falls into place. But I think it's because both of us have really worked at wanting it to be a good relationship and wanting Mm -hmm. it to be better and Mm -hmm. wanting each other to know that we love and support each other no matter what. That was going to be my question to you, Paige, Mm -hmm. is as she's talking you can answer this honestly if you'd like to. <laughs> She's saying, Paige and I agree on so many things mm-hmm. and, and our, our mindset are the same. Is that true mm-hmm. or is that you loving Lauren really well and and stepping into her thinking? Yeah. Well, you got to think, too. When me and Rhett were married, he was a singer. Right. So I have kind of lived the same thing that Lauren is living right now on a completely different, you know, everything's different. And I didn't really want Thomas Rhett to be a singer because it was a um, lifestyle that took you away from your kids, took you away from your home. It's just a hard place to be for the wife of an entertainer who's, which I mean, people's husbands travel. I don't mean that. But people's husbands aren't traveling and being in front of millions of people where they're screaming for him and, you know, like hooting and hollering. And then they come home. And I'm sure you don't hoot and holler when Thomas Rhett walks across the living room. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... it's what she's a- saying is a rude awakening. When Thomas Rhett walks through our front door, I'm like, hey, honey, here's the dishes and here's your third kid. I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> here's your third kid. But having lived it, I know what it's like mm-hmm. to not be the one in the spotlight, you know, mm-hmm. because the wife would kind of get pushed aside a little bit, you know, and I think coming from that place, knowing what that feels like, and honestly, Thomas Rhett, that you know, we do have a very open family. We talk about our fights with each other, and, mm-hmm. you know, we I don't know if we should do that or not, but I do typically agree with Lauren, because yeah. usually he's probably the one that did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but as a mother, I've never been that mom that has said, oh, my kid would never, mm-hmm. I would, no. The first time you say that is the time that your kid is the one doing the thing that's wrong. <laughs> right. So I've never been that girl. And, you know, I just listen to it honestly and give my input. And most of the time I have agreed with Lauren. Yeah. You know, so we do have similar mindsets. Yeah. Which helps, you know, in it a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. So as you're saying all of that, I'm going to ask the question that I ask at the end of every episode. What does it look like for you to live in love Every day, every year, every moment 
an extended family. I think that when I think about living in love, I definitely do think of family. And I consider our extended family just straight up family, you know, and just loving each other well and getting together and praying and just living a life that is together. Like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine going more than three days without seeing all of them. And we text pretty much every day, but I can't imagine going three days without laying my eyes on somebody in their family. And I mean, I just think that's how, you know, to live in love is you just, you have to be involved. You have Mm -hmm. to be present. It's good. What would you say that, Lauren? What does it look like for you to live in love with extended family? I mean, ditto everything Paige just said. But also, I think adding in that layer of grace has been huge for extended family. Not even, I wouldn't even necessarily say with Paige, but just extended family in general when things don't go the way you think they should or um, people aren't doing things the way that you would do them. You know, I think it's easy to love them well when it's easy and when you're having fun. And there are definitely those moments. But I think the moments that's hard to stick with it and to stay involved is where you kind of go, okay, I know there have been moments where they've had to extend grace to me. And I would hope they would continue to extend grace to me when I fall short. And so you just keep extending that grace. And hopefully it is a family, an extended family that is a safe place and does want what's best for you. And so then you just assume the same, assume what's best for them and hope that they'll receive that in the way that you meant it. And I will add, we have so much fun. You all like Mm -hmm. always play together with extended family, like do the fun things because the laughter, I think, is what really helps helps the relationships to get closer, easier and faster. And then when you hit those hard moments, those valleys, that closeness from that laughter is really what helps to pull you through. Yeah. yeah. This was beautiful. Thank you for doing this, Paige. Mm-hmm. I think this Thanks is going to help me. so many people. Yeah. It's awesome. This was fun. Hey, y'all. Just a quick reminder. Don't forget to partner with our friends at Crew. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you'll receive a copy of my book, Live in Love. Simply text LIVE to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could really change someone's life. So text LIVE to 71326. That's L-I-V-E to 71326 to help now. Or you can visit give.crew.org slash live. Thank y'all so much for listening. I have loved getting to share these conversations with you. And just a reminder that you can pick up your copy of my book, Live in Love, if you haven't yet. I really hope you'll join us for our next episode of the Live in Love podcast, where we will be talking about what it means to live in love in friendship.